Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, teach and urge these things. Whoever teaches something different and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the religious teaching is conceited, understanding nothing, and has a morbid disposition of arguments and verbal disputes. From these come envy, rivalry, insults, evil suspicions, and mutual friction among people with corrupted minds who are deprived of the truth, supposing religion to be a means of gain. Indeed, religion with contentment is a great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, just as we shall not be able to take anything out of it. If we have food and clothing, we shall be content with that. Those who want to be rich are falling into temptation and into a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils, and some people in their desire for it have strayed from the faith, and have pierced themselves with many pains. But you, man of God, avoid all this. Instead, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. Lay hold of eternal life, to which you were called when you made the noble confession in the presence of many witnesses. The Word of the Lord. Blessed the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Why should I fear in evil days when my wicked ensnares ring me around? They trust in their wealth. The abundance of their riches is their boast. Yet in no way can a man redeem himself or pay his own ransom to God. Too high is the price to redeem one's life. He would never have enough to remain alive always and not see destruction. Fear not when a man grows rich, when the wealth of his house becomes great, for when he dies, he shall take none of it, his wealth shall not follow him down. Though in his lifetime he counted himself blessed, they will praise you for doing well for yourself. He shall join the circle of his forebears, who shall never more see light. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Accompanying him were the twelve and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Shusa, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. The Gospel of the Lord. Accompanying him were the twelve. G.K. Chesterton had an essay titled The Twelve Men, which dealt with the British jury system. Chesterton wrote, Whenever our civilization wants a library to be cataloged or a solar system discovered or any other trifle of this kind, it uses up its specialists. But when it wishes anything done which is really serious, 
it collects 12 of the ordinary men standing around. The same thing was done, if I remember right, by the founder of Christianity. 12 ordinary men and some women. Some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Luke mentions the Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. Here is more proof from Luke that the story of Christ's life, death, and resurrection is not made up. The apostles were not false witnesses, as St. Paul wrote the Corinthians. You see, if the story was made up, it would have included 12 extraordinary men, and more likely than not, no women. See, Christ led the life of a traveling missionary. And a scholar wrote that though this activity must have been intense, it was not particularly varied. Christ journeyed from region to region and town to town, preaching in public and private. Crowds thronged to him to hear his wonderful teaching and be amazed at the miracles which confirmed his teaching. Through all of this, Christ was not traveling alone. He had a small group who had dedicated themselves to him and were with him constantly. And he had others, a constantly changing trail of people who were animated by a variety of motives. These worked for him now and then when time and circumstance allowed. In a life of constant traveling, Christ and his small group needed material assistance. They were not going to find free food and lodging in every poor little village in Galilee. And so, women of means who knew how to get things done coordinated food and shelter for the tired and hungry missionaries. What prompted these women to do this? Gratitude. For Christ had healed them of evil spirits and infirmities. It was then natural for these women to care for the material needs of what was kind of a family. But why did Luke mention them? Perhaps the scholar and others wrote, Luke mentioned these women as a tactful allusion to one of his sources of information for his gospel. Isn't that interesting? Luke did not travel with Christ, but he interviewed eyewitnesses. No doubt he obtained his infancy narrative of Christ from a woman. The Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary herself or someone who was very close to her, perhaps the Apostle John. And it's interesting also that Luke places the Magdalene and other women at the tomb on Easter Sunday. Luke had lowly shepherds see Christ first when he was born and lowly women the first to witness the resurrection. Again, more proof that the story is true. How then can we ask with St. Paul that there is no resurrection from the dead? These eyewitnesses saw it. And so we, filled with gratitude, believe it. Our faith is not in vain. <laughs>